0: They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots
1: today. This week on The Real Guy Podcast, the world's favorite millennial, Stephen Busaka, attends the Swamp Heritage Festival. Hear about leeches, ticks, skunk apes, and swamp people should we bring back Triple Live and Salt Strong hits Broward County. All this week on the Real Guy Podcast. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. All right. So you want to hear something cool? Yeah. So last, are, we, are we recording, by the way? Yeah. Oh, the, good. The last, um, the last episode I did with George. It turned out pretty good. They wanted to do, they wanted to do the mullet run. Mm-hmm. And I says all right, come on, let's do the mullet run, even though the mullet run really wasn't happening, and then I asked George and the crew, I says, Can we do the mullet run in real terms because i wanted the I wanted the episode to be about what the mullet run once was, what it is now, and then one of you know a bunch of reasons why the mullet run has gone from being one of the world's most phenomenal things ever to now being.
2: One of the saddest things ever.
1: Well, it's just you have to be like a lot of winner in order to see it nowadays. You know, like these people, they see a school of mullet getting crashed on the beach, and they're like, "Oh, the mullet run, the mullet run!" And now that's what's left. Of Everybody the calls
2: happy bait. Right, happy <laughs> bait. And all
1: so anyway, when George did the show, is they actually uh, told the whole story about the mullet run. Really? Yeah, and they went around the city, and all that old footage we have of uh, you know, pipes bursting and going into the canals and the river. They show all that, and they're going to use that old footage in the show.
2: That's fantastic.
1: And not only that, is the show comes right in here in the Lunker Dog Studios, and they're going to put on the TV show me interviewing George for The Real Guy podcast. So they filmed it in here? They did, right.
2: Oh, and, that's awesome.
1: And then what they're going to do is, as George and I talked about Uh, filming the episode then they're going to use what they shot and go back and forth from podcast that's awesome to episode podcast and George plucked off like 130, 150 pound fish in crystal clear water right in front of Miami Beach like where the Fountain Blue is and shit
2: was (laughs) it on the beach in front of everybody?
1: (laughs) in their faces in their faces but I'm just saying it was like Picture perfect, you know what I mean for yeah, TV. That's awesome. So anyway, that
2: when's that? When's that episode supposed to air?
1: I don't know. Probably a couple months or whatever. Yeah. But uh anyway, that's what I call responsible media.
2: I think it's going to be fantastic, dude. We should do a watch party like we did with the last time you were on George's I wanna do, show. I want to do.
1: I want to do. That's a good idea. I'd like to do a watch party. That was but fun. I want to start doing uh, maybe just once a month. But I want to start doing live again. You're kidding me. Eh, We do triple live. We bring it back. Right. What? You got change of heart? Well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so disgusted the way the social media platforms bury anything that we do to try to promote the podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I put up a post of this beautiful fish jumping around and I put on there, um, you know, tourists came in from Charleston, had a big week. The thing will get, you know, whatever, five hundred,
2: thousand views, views or whatever. might so, even get a million.
1: So many likes and all this stuff, right? And, and just thousands and thousands. But if I put the word podcast in the title, or if I even mention it in the video or whatever, anything that we mention the podcast or try to talk about the podcast, you see the numbers are like... 10 to 1 on the downside
2: that's that's interesting it's like an algorithm I guess right
1: no they're really good they're really good at at telling what kind of content is plugging other types of content and they don't want you to plug your show which I get they're advertising companies they want to they want to make advertising dollars so they want you to pay for your viewers but my problem with that was they got no loyalty towards content makers For instance, Lamont and I were putting content up on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all this stuff before anything was even monetized. So they had nothing, right? People couldn't even friggin' upload at that point because their equipment didn't work. But Lamont was uploading and it gave them the content and we're happy to give it to them. But my, my thing is, is one hand doesn't wash the other. So after friggin' all those years of giving all these different platforms all this different content, you would think maybe one hand would wash the other. Throw you a bone or something. Right, help <laughs> me help you. But no, nah, they don't care. No. And uh, yeah, it's big. It's the algorithm thing. It's all that. So my point was with the doing the live is that's one of the few ways you can penetrate your audience yeah. organically.
2: Well, I'm actually happy to hear you say that, too, because I've, I've had so many people reach out saying, you guys got to do Triple Live again. You guys got to do it again.
1: We well, do realize that was pretty much the first live show on the internet for people to actually tune into every Tuesday night. Yeah. And do you realize we did that every Tuesday night for, <laughs> for, for almost three years? <laughs> we
2: did. It's funny because sometimes I think back about it, I'm like, we actually did that. For years, every week, right? And we actually had an audience tune in for it. <laughs> and for the longest time, I'm just like, people probably think this is the dumbest thing ever, and but people loved it.
1: You know why people loved it? Because it was real. It was original, and it was raw. It was original style. Yeah, like we had no scripts. No, no, no we improv no. pretty much everything. We had we had no clue who was going to be a guest or whatever, and then we would just
2: remember. Folks used to just pop in. <laughs> I do. We had that guy from Pensacola just show up one day and Drew. Remember the time Drew and I hosted it when you couldn't make it, and he and I were pounding water.
1: Oh, God. We water must have drank wa- two gallons of water at that show. Do you know um, Tarpon River Brewery still to this day has the Run That Dog uh, beer that they brew there? That's fantastic. Oh, it was a that good- was
2: inspired
1: right by the Triple Life. Uh, Right, that's what I, that's why I brought it up. But anyway, they you know so I'm in, I, actually I was in there the other night. So Salt Strong has a a Broward County chapter, and they're doing like a get-together once a month, like a fishing club, but Salt Strong guys, right? So a guy reaches out to me, and he's like, hey, Jeff, do you mind um, maybe coming by and speaking at our first Salt Strong event? Okay. And I said, yeah, sure. And and I said, where's it going to be? And they did it at Tarpon River Brewery. And um, so anyway, I went over there the other day, and I was fairly impressed. Meaning, it was a good group of guys, there was plenty of people there, Um, the audience seemed like it was really good. They were still serving the Run That Dog beer, so I bragged about that, and um, I don't know, after going and speaking in a lot of these places, you know, the fishing clubs and all that, I wasn't expecting a whole lot, you know what I mean? But, I've known uh, the Salt Strong guys since their infancy. And when the guy asked me, I said, "If I don't book, I'd be more than happy to come by."
0: Yeah. So
1: anyway, I came by. We, you know, gave him a little pitch on, you know, fishing and what to do and what not to do and how you can screw yourself and all that kind of stuff. And it reminded me; it brought me back to a lot of those triple live moments. And some of those triple live moments were so fucking funny. Do you remember the dude that came in? That was a sheep's head fisherman from the Panhandle. He listens to the podcast. That was the Pensacola
2: guy, right? Right, right? Yeah.
1: That was dude, that, that was hilarious.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that was I think the one time that we had somebody make us feel like we were legit celebrities. <laughs> and I I'll be honest, I didn't know how to take that at first cuz I kind of was like,
1: well that's, huh? ba- <laughs> that's back when you were a sheep-said guy. You, you know were what's the funny?
2: Shepherd. I actually it was before
1: you were the world's favorite millennial. It's back yeah, when you, you were the shepherd. <laughs>
2: You know what's funny? I don't know if you remember, but I think that that was where that nickname originated. Was on Triple Live.
1: A lot, yes.
2: A lot of our stuff originated from Triple Live
1: it's because it was original style.
2: It really was. Well, it's it's just funny too because nobody was really doing that back then.
1: They started right after. They us. They started didn't? right after us, but it's like, did anybody last for three years? No, no.
2: In- but we did do it every week. We maybe missed a week here and there, but I mean, we were pretty damn consistent.
1: COVID shut us down. Was that what happened? COVID, it was COVID? Pretty much. Pretty much COVID shut the whole thing down because people weren't going out and hanging out and doing things.
2: Actually, you know what? You're right too, because yeah, cause I met you in 2017, which is when we started. And yeah, COVID happened in 2020. So yeah, three years. So
1: what what the fuck was this thing you went to? You were hanging out with all the swamp people this weekend?
2: (laughs) So I went to the, um, it's called the Swamp Heritage Festival. They had it over in the big Cypress Preserve out there in the Western Glades.
1: Swamp Heritage Festival.
2: They used to do it every year. And uh, I think COVID shut them down. And they decided to bring it back. It was a free event. I wasn't sure how many people were going to show up, but it was jam-packed.
1: What do you mean, jam-packed? 50, 100, 1,000? P-
2: hundreds. Thousands? Hundreds. Hundred, like, hundreds of swamp people. Hundreds. I, I, and I was so happy to see that, too, that there were so many people into it. And, uh, <laughs> and the main reason I wanted to go, too, is uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Franklin Adams. And you can actually look him up. Franklin Adams. Franklin Adams. Always,
1: always beware of a guy that has two first names. Really? I'll keep that in mind. And always beware of a guy that has two last names. (laughs) (laughs) Just throwing that out there.
2: So, Franklin, he's got a a great video on YouTube um, where they're interviewing him. But, long story short, he was one of the original, he was part of the original Gladesman that actually fought to get Big Cypress turned into a national preserve. Because I don't know if you remember, but back in the early 70s, the Miami airport was going to expand into the Big Cypress Swamp in the Western Everglades. And they were the ones who shut that down. And he was going to be speaking. And I really wanted to get the chance to hear him talk. Because, I mean, Jeff, the guy's got stories for
1: days. Now, would you call him a Gladesman? Gladesman. Is that kind of like a faca Hatcher? Yes. Before <laughs> faka Hatchers, they were Gladesmen?
2: Basically. They called him the Gladesman. Can you get a shirt that says Gladesman? I'm sure you could. I think Demler <laughs> has one, actually. <laughs> I swear. The
1: Sandburg guy's a Gladesman, basically. He's old school. Yeah, he remembers when the Everglades was at by four forty-one. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like. No,
2: you're good, man. Um, but no, so he got up there and spoke for an hour, and
1: Franklin Adams.
2: Franklin Adams. And
1: so he got a beard, doesn't he? Yes. No, oh, that's Samuel Adams. <laughs> But he should come up with his own beer. Yeah. Oh, how about what a
2: concept! The um, but when he got up there talking, he was it was just you're laughing at me, but I thought it was the coolest thing. He just hearing him talk about the history and all the things that they went through, you know. And he was talking about how everybody there was they were trying to figure out how to save Big Cypress, and they were like, well, maybe we should make it into a national park. And he said that all the local gladesmen they shut that down so quick because they remembered what happened to their ancestors, their their grandparents and parents when Everglades National Park was established. All those people got kicked out. You know, anyone who had a business down there got kicked out. So they were very opposed to making Big Cypress a park. Okay. They were like, it's not going to happen. We're not doing that again. Because they remembered what happened with Everglades National Park. And, um, you know, he was just like, you know, because we, we, we wanted to make sure we could still own land. We wanted to make sure we could still run our businesses and make, because, I mean, a lot of those people, like, that preserve is where they make their living. Right. You know, so they wanted to be able, they could still hunt. They could still do all those things. So, it they decided, okay, well, we're going to make it a preserve. And he said how a bunch of them went to Washington, D.C., and they made their plea. And the senator, who I forget what his name was at the time, he flipped out. And he was like, you people in Florida, you guys got the national park. You're not getting any more land. And he said it just like that. He said, you're not getting any more land. And there was a guy, um, I can't remember his name either, but he was a plumber in Hialeah.
1: Highly a plumber.
2: Highly a plumber. He was the one at that meeting that said to the senator, "So let me ask you a question: What would it take for us to be able to buy that land to make it into a preserve?" He said, "You come back here with forty million dollars, and we'll talk, and I'll let you do it." Now, mind you, this was the early—I mean, we're talking early '70s. And forty million.
1: Forty was a big million was—and
2: it, it's still a big number now. But imagine back then.
1: It's not that big of a number now. I guess not now,
2: but I mean back then, especially though. I mean that's like
1: I bet you the city of Florida, the city of Fort Lauderdale's got forty million in that tunnel. Oh, easily. Right, easily. That's what I mean. They spent um, forty million like it ain't dick.
2: Yeah, but you and I both know that was a lot of money back then. It was. So and it was pretty cool that he said. So they said okay. So they came back home, and he said that the citizens of Florida actually voted to tax themselves to be able to raise that $40 million. And they did it in a year. They went back to Washington to that same Senator. And they said, we got the 40 million. Guess what he told them to go F themselves. And he goes, Nope, not doing it.
1: You mean a politician going back on his word? Yeah. Come on. Shocker. Come right. On.
2: We never heard of that. So, but he told me, he says, Nope. He said, not doing it. And they were like, well, what the hell? So this plumber, Hialeah said, you know what? We're going to go around him. And they went to the guy above him. And I, I mind you, I'm giving you the condensed version of this. That's right. They went to that guy who was above him. And he said, you know, Richard Nixon, you know, despite all his flaws, was actually a big part of getting the Big Cypress created into a national preserve.
1: People love Nixon.
2: Well, some people hate him, but...
1: No, they were, no he had some haters, but yeah. they were mostly from the inside. But, I mean, the people loved Nixon. Yeah. Nixon was a really popular dude.
2: Well, he became real popular with the Gladesmen because he was, he was really the one who helped them get Big Cypress turned into the preserve that it is today. But it was interesting how he was saying of how, like, you know, even back in the early 70s, politicians were like, you're not getting any more land. You've already got that. You're not getting any more. You know, and you think back to that and you're like, cause that's going on now where dude, governments are like, no, you've already got that. You're not getting more land.
1: Dude, it's always a land grab, especially here in Florida.
2: Yeah. So, but he was talking about how they did that. And he, he talked about the heated conversations that went on, um, you know, because there were people that wanted the airport and there were people that didn't want the airport. And he was telling us stories about how they had come from a, you know, pretty heated meeting about it. And he and his brother, You know, and a couple guys, they went to a bar to get a drink. And some of the guys that were at the meeting, they walked into the bar. And they all sat there and started eyeballing them. You know, and they were outnumbered. And he was saying of how he told his boys, he said, listen, I'm going to act like I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to go out the back door, wait a couple minutes, and then come meet me. Because they were like, we're outnumbered.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They were going to like start throwing blows or something?
2: Oh, no. They were afraid they were going to kill him. Really? Yeah. It was serious back then. So, but he, uh, and he was, you know, he was talking about his relationship um, with the Native American tribes back in the day, you know, and he, he was talking about how, um, you know, the Seminoles would come over and they would, you know, get mangoes from his property and whatnot. And he said they had a great relationship with them. And, uh, and it was, he actually, he got a little emotional at one point when he was uh, talking about, you know, his mother passed and he said that. He was, uh, I think he was at a bar and these Seminoles came in and they asked him if he would mind coming outside and they went out there and there was a couple Seminoles there and the um, the one older man, he couldn't speak English, but the one dude translated for him and he said, um, you know, um, he wanted to send his deepest, deepest condolences after hearing the passing of your mother because they all used to, his mother used to let them go on their property to pick fruits neighbors. and whatnot yeah they were neighbors and he said that that really touched him um <coughs> <coughs> and right. he talked about dugout canoes and all the stuff that they did and breaking down on the airboats back in the swamp off loop road and it was pretty cool stuff I, I really enjoyed hearing all that stuff and he i got the chance to meet him which was really cool um I went with a couple buddies and they had a friend who knew him well and she introduced us to him. He was the kindest dude and he, I felt bad because people were waiting to meet him. He must've talked to us for 15 minutes
1: nice.
2: and he was so, cause he, we told him, we said, you know, we actually spend a lot of time in Fakahatchee.
1: Told him you were a Fakahatchee.
2: <laughs> we didn't I mean, use that you're, terminology.
1: You're throw some thing, you want to throw some weight around. You let somebody know you're a Fakahatchee.
2: Well, he, he was so excited. When he heard that, because not a lot of people go to Fagahatchee.
1: There's not a lot of Fagahatchers out there.
2: There's not. So he was, but he loved hearing that. He wanted to hear all the stuff we were doing and we were asking him stories and whatnot. And he, he said to us, he goes, you know, makes me so happy to hear that you guys are into it. He said, because he goes, you know, you know, people like me, he said, we're not going to be around much longer. He goes, it's up to you guys to keep up the fight. Right. He goes, and don't he goes, and don't
1: give up. You've been like hanging around a lot of Indians lately. Uh,
2: Betty Osceola yeah.
1: Tell the audience what's this correspondence you and Betty have
2: been. So you know, for the folks, and, and that, let
1: them know who Betty is. Yeah.
2: So for the folks that don't know, Betty uh, Osceola is um, one of the elders of the Miccosukee tribe. She's of the Panther Clan. They call it. Um, her activism in Ever in Everglades and saving the Everglades is unmatched. I mean, she is. She's a warrior. She really is. Um, she was in the path of the Panther documentary and just for the hell of it, I decided to reach out to her one day. I didn't even know if she'd respond. And I just said, listen, you know, me and my buddy do a podcast. We'd love to have you on. Would you be interested? And she actually said she'd be interested.
1: She wants to come on the real guy podcast.
2: She said she'd be interested. So, um, waiting for her to get back to me now to find out what dates would work. But I'll tell you what, if we could get her on this podcast, I think that that would be huge. I mean, cause she's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to, especially the central Everglades, because one thing that kind of bothers me sometimes, and I've voiced this opinion to you many times is, you know, we talk about Everglades restoration, you know, captains for clean water have worked, I mean, tirelessly, you know, on legislations, you know, getting the reservoir constructed, you know, I mean, they've worked tirelessly on that, but I feel like a lot of times people, when they think of the Everglades restoration, they're only thinking about Everglades National Park in Flamingo. Right. And, you know, as you and I know, it's, I mean, the Everglades is a whole ecosystem. I mean, you've got the northern, the central, the western, and then the southern, which is the park. Right. You know, and, you know, recently, I don't know if you saw the posts, the central Everglades was flooding because they wouldn't open the gates. You know, so all of that water, all of their land, the Mikasukis was now underwater. You know, and Betty was actually making videos talking about like to tell the Army Corps of Engineers, we need to open the gates. The Central Everglades is drowning, and she talks about how they've lost so many of the mammals in the Central Everglades because of water. Because of water, she goes the pipe. Py- the pythons is an issue but she, there she was talking about it's it's the, they're drowning they've got nowhere to go right you know and on top of that you know it's like when you've got that much water the alligator now becomes the top predator so the panther none of the, nothing's getting away from that if they're in 3 feet deep of water trying to swim
1: All right between the panther i mean between the alligators and the pythons
2: i mean especially especially the small mammal population I mean, they always talk about the decline of raccoons, possums, rabbits, otters. You know, and yeah, the pythons are a big deal, but it, a lot of it is that they're drowning in the central glades.
1: See, one of the things that frustrates, not frustrates me, but one of the things that I wish that I knew more of and knew it better was the whole history of Florida and how all these fools took over. And because... There's a lot to it. I want to It get, is. It's get, deep. Well, and I'd like to get it from uh, Betty's perspective. Yeah. One, she's older, mm-hmm. and she's always looked at it differently than, say, guys like us would look at it. So that'd be phenomenal. You know who else is is really into it and knows a shit ton about everything? And I haven't been able to get him on the podcast because he's, like, catching a friggin' fink or something. But Bobby from the... Um, Inshore Marine Specialties. He's a real guy. He's been around forever. He's big into the Everglades, and he pays attention to the whole system for many, 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 many years. And he looks at it from the way we would look at it, like a fisherman's, uh, sportsman's-type view. Yeah. And then getting it from Betty, uh, being, you know, the the native, I mean, she's going to look at it like totally different. (coughs) But I'm trying to play catch-up learning yeah. all this stuff, you know what i mean?
2: I mean, I'm st- I mean, listen, I'm still learning too. You know, and I and I feel kind of silly because you know, you know, I've told you, you know, I spent a better part of 15 years of my life hanging in the northern everglades. You know, and thankfully the northern everglades is actually still holding out pretty strong. But it's the central, you know, basically below the Caloosahatchee River is where the Everglades is really suffering. Right. You know. But it's and, and it was funny because you know Franklin talked about what kind of, what issues have really kind of screwed up the Central and Western Everglades. And he did say is when they started messing with the flow of water.
1: Franklin Adams.
2: Franklin Adams.
1: You can't just call him Franklin.
2: Well, yeah, I'll call him Franklin or Mr. Adams.
1: Franklin Adams, when you got two first names. It's
2: kind of hard not to say both of his names. You know right. what I mean? It's like, right. but, but there was something that he said, though. That I I couldn't wait to tell you about because I thought about you and I thought about a lot of the issues that we're facing now um, in the state of Florida in general, which is he talked about, he said, always remember this with all the development. He said, the problem is when you give rich people too much power, you lose control. And that really stuck with me when he said that because it just makes me think about everything that's going on here is I just feel like they've given these developers too much power. And we're, it's like we're starting to lose control.
1: Well, I mean, the de- the developers are friggin' slick. I mean, they yeah. know who to pay and how yeah. to get shit done. And I really don't think we're going to have much success stopping the developers from developing.
2: But at least do it smart.
1: Well, I think we have to change the way we develop. And we were talking about this at lunch. So. I post a picture last week. There's condoms and fecal fecal mass, condoms, fecal mass, bottle in, caps, bottle caps, dental floss, anything that you would you know might throw away in the bathroom, somehow or another ends up in the in the new river. Yeah. So I, I post the picture, and I constantly post these pictures, and this one guy reaches out and he says, you know, Jeff, you're beating a dead horse. He's like, you're never going to get them to stop developing. And by you showing people the stuff and the pollution in the river all the time, you're just kind of beating a dead horse. And I think there's a lot of people out there that actually give a shit.
2: And I feel like they're starting to care more now. They're
1: seeing it. Well, I think the people that have cared for a long time, like this guy, all good intentions, but he's over it. He's been burned so many times. He's got his hopes up so many times. And then has watched the developers just keep doing what they're doing. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are good people that feel like him. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, you're going to lose this battle. And they have a good point. It's a really good point. And I don't think we're ever going to win the battle here in Florida... And get them to stop developing. But I do think we can get people to develop differently and things that we've overdeveloped, which would be from Crandon Park all the way to, let's just say, Jupiter. (laughs) What? It's true. That whole area, okay? We have to now treat that area and areas on the West Coast that have been overdeveloped like a swimming pool, like an aquarium. We have to take care of the system that we've developed so now we can live in harmony with certain wildlife. Is it going to be like the old days no. where we have oyster beds for as far as you can see, where the birds are going to come back as far as you could see, and there's going to be fish wherever as far as you could see? No, it's never going to be like that again. But can we have water that one, our kids can swim in Can we have water that the fish can live in, manatees can thrive in, birds can live in? You know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to what we have now, which is a river and a canal system, an intercoastal waterway that is probably a third of the state of Florida, that is so polluted that we can't pass regular fecal bacteria levels? Ever. Ever.
2: We fail every month.
1: We fail every month. Every month. And when we fail these tests it's not like we fail them by one or two percent we're failing them by four and five hundred percent so the amount of pollution that's going into the water is what we can change yeah and i think people have to start thinking that way or we will always lose yeah
2: you know i i that i i get where that guy's coming from but I just, I'm not built to have that mentality, though. I'll never stop fighting. You know, I just, it's, I, I get where he's coming from, but I just, my, and I've told, I told you this earlier too. I feel like that mentality is what the politicians want everybody to have, so right. they'll quiet down.
1: No, that, 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 that's, that that's what you would call success. Yeah. From the people in Washington and in Tallahassee. Yeah. Let's keep the people out of it. Yeah. Where they have no hope where they have no input and they just kind of ignore everything because that's exactly where they want you. Yeah. And you know, and, and you got to feel for for guys like that. Like, I'm oh, not mad that he said that, but he's got no hope.
2: Yeah. And it's sad because it's like, I mean, hope at the end of the day is sometimes the only thing you do have.
1: Exactly. Hope is what brings you to the next part of life. Yeah. And without hope, there is no hope. Yeah, that made a lot of sense. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, you know, so so we're going, you know, we're going through all this stuff. And, my, and the other thing too is, is if you've known about the water quality issues that we've had for a long period of time, you assume that everybody else knows. The vast majority of people, they don't know, still have no clue how bad it is.
2: You know, that's something, I mean, like you and I talked about that at lunch too. It's like, you know, I I have to, I myself have to walk a little bit of a fine line because I have to remind myself, especially here in Southeast Florida, a lot of these people are new, they're transplants. So it's like, you know, they don't know. So it's like, I can't really be mad at them for not knowing because the one thing that the government does a wonderful job is ignorance is bliss. Well. They, you know, so it's like
1: they love it when you don't know what's going on.
2: So yeah, so it's like I, I have to walk a little bit of a thin line because I can't really be mad at everybody because it's like well yeah but a lot of people are new they don't know and what they don't know they don't know. Right. So
1: I don't know. We got we got Norm. He he's mad at everybody for everything all the time. So he fills in, <laughs> he fills in the gaps.
2: You know what I mean? Oh my god! You know. Go, uh, while we're on this subject, you know, I, I wanna, I, I've I want been meaning to do this for a long time, but, um you know, we talk about all the different organizations, you know, captains, BTT, CCA.
1: All the boat giveaway people. Yeah,
2: you know, that are involved with, you know, water quality issues. Well, there's an organization that I want to give a shout out to today, and I don't know if you've really heard much about them, uh, Conservation Florida. They're led by uh, um, Adam Strang Bass, who I... We'll speak to once in a while. He seems like a great guy. They're up there in Polk County.
1: Yeah, you know, Adam Strang Bass. That's that's a serious first name and a serious last name, right? All right. Now that guy, immediately, I got a little bit more faith in this guy, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to the guy with the two first names. Oh
2: my gosh! So go ahead, Adam. Adam Strang Bass. So, um, him and his team at Conservation Florida, they are doing work right now that I honestly think is is. Extremely underrated in the sense that they are working with local ranchers to protect land permanently. Remember the Florida Wildlife Corridor Act. Yes, they work with that to get that land protected permanently. And and they and the thing you and I talked about this too about how some of these organizations they don't keep us up to date with the work that they're doing. Right. This this Conservation Florida every time good news alert all bold letters this much land saved 17,000 acres saved 2,000 acres saved and what are these press releases yeah on instagram oh, yeah. and i and i'm just like this is fantastic and i feel like not enough people are talking about this because and we've talked about this before this goes hand in hand with the water quality issues because the more development you do the more pressure it puts on the existing outdated infrastructure which explodes and then finds its way into our water. Right. And I wanted to give a shout out um, to Adam and his team. Um, they, you know, for, they do that thing, giving Tuesday after black Friday, all these organizations, they do it every year called giving Tuesday, where they ask if you'd be willing to donate. And I donated to them because I've seen the results. I believe in what they're doing and I donated to them and I got a personal phone call from them. Really? Actually with not an automated message, an actual lady on the line said, we wanted to say thank you for believing us and thank you for donating to us. I've never heard of that before. I was like in shock. That's pretty cool. But, you know, shout out to Adam and, Con- and Conservation Florida. Because um, to me, I mean, the land, it's, it's not, this is my whole thing with the state of Florida. It's not just about the water and it's also not just about the land. It's both of those. You know, and, and their, their, whole, their whole tagline is, keep Florida wild. And I throw that on everything. Any picture I typically post, you know, whether it's fishing or any, I always put that hashtag, keep Florida wild. Because that's what it comes down to. You know, I think about um, Path of the Panther. You know, Carlton Ward, when he was like, listen, he's like, Florida still has its wild heart. We just have to fight to keep it.
1: You know, the Path of the Panther night with me, you, and Victoria going out of the Path of the Panther. That was an unforgettable movie, or I should say unforgettable night, the, whole, the way the whole thing went down.
2: The fact that we were the only ones in there?
1: That, and the way the guy <laughs> looked at us when we walked in there, and then how the the movie was. like It was great for the three of us. Like We were definitely the audience to be looking at the movie and all that. But just the whole experience of going out that night and going to that movie, the worm, myself, you, we never forget it.
2: That was a lot. And then we went to Lester's Diner afterward. Well,
1: I'm just saying, it was a night out. It was that you'll never, it, and it was we, like none other. We
2: never really did that before either. The three of us just, you know, just go to a dinner and a movie and just freaking...
1: But we, but we did do that action, yeah. in the name of
2: conservation.
1: Conservation. That's a, that was, a you know, mo- that was a part of the movement we were doing. We're moving in the movement.
2: We were, you know, I, I, I you know what? I'm going to ask Adam. Ooh. What? Did you lose me there? I thought I lost my, lost me there for a sec. I'm going to ask Adam if he's interested in being on the podcast. Cause I I'd love for him to get on here and really kind of talk about the work that him and conservation Florida are doing um, because you know, they are, they are working with ranchers to help get that land permanently protected. And it just, it's funny because I thought about earlier when you were like, you know, I don't even know what some of these organizations are even doing Right, and I love, and I'll I'll show you their Instagram afterward. It's I love it every time I see. Good news alert! This is approved by the governor and the cabinet for permanent protection, and I love <laughs> to see it because I feel like all we hear nowadays is how oh we just there's this this building's going up here, this new building's going up here, right. and and I every time I look and I, I always repost it too because I want everybody to see it. Right, I want, I, I would love. For everybody to be excited about that as I would you know and and that actually kind of leads me into the other thing that I and I'm sorry if I'm rambling here no, that's <laughs> a what my the, mind
1: that's no, all good dude.
2: you know I, I wanted to give a shout out to everybody listening to this right now um, you know all of you guys who follow me on on Instagram, I don't really use Facebook that much, but, you know, I always will post anytime there's a petition, like, you know, there's this Belmar development that wants to develop right next to the Panther Refuge, you know, and I was posting videos about it and, hey, please, like, if you can, you know, please send an email to the commissioner, sign this, you know, and I, I wanted to say, you know, thank you to everybody who will actually sign those petitions and repost those videos because, I mean, it's it doesn't take much to just hit repost, You know, and it's and it means a lot to me, and I never really got a chance to say thank you to everybody who does it, but just know it is appreciated.
1: Well, and and and, you know, if you're in the fight, if you're in the fight for water quality, that's probably one thing that we can all do that we don't do enough of, like get the word out there. Well, yeah, like for instance, this podcast. For instance, if you believe in this kind of conversation, this type of content, you think people, you know, are learning valuable things then share the fucking podcast with your friends and your family and other outdoorsmen because education is, in my opinion, your number one ammunition in order to win the fight. You have to get information. And one of the things that um, the podcast has done for me personally is doing these interviews, having you, all the different people that have um, been on the podcast. So there's, I get to learn this stuff. I'm no fucking environmental expert. I'm a tarpon expert. I'm a tarpon <laughs> expert. I busted my ass my whole life to be a tarpon expert. I am learning as fast as I can about water qualities and about the environment. and this podcast is part of the journey of learning that about learning
2: process. Yeah. And the
1: more people that listen to this type of content, the more strength that we're gonna have. so FYI for the whole audience share this shit with your friends like if you see me do one of these promos you know like uh that cool promo we did for mark croca last week phenomenal interview phenomenal guest take that promo and share it with your friends
2: i would even say too you know the folks that even if you don't live in florida you know like i look at like daniel wall should you know, we, we share got, the hell out of it. We've
1: got a big audience, um, that are outdoorsmen that visit Florida.
2: Yeah, it's like even don't think that just because you don't live here means that you can't share the content or sign the or or email the commission. No, like if anything, that'll actually help us because it's showing them that people in other states
1: care, All right? But I think, um, where I'd like to take um, the inven- environmental side of this show. I would like to start giving more news on, for instance, the Captains for Clean Waters project and the big reservoir that's being built out there. I would love to get um, week by week updates on how that,
2: or even monthly, like what? just. But
1: I would like to know, like, where that... are we at with yeah, exa- it? okay. I know we're building the reservoir. Is there, is it is it going clean? Is the reservoir being built? the way it should be on time? Is it not on time? Are there people that are standing in the way? Are there people that are accelerating the project? Who the good guys are? Who the bad guys are? (coughs) What the best things about it is? What the worst things about it is? So you got captains doing their thing. I'd love to get a, a... Weekly, monthly update on everything. And with the other foundations, whether it's the ones you're talking about, what was it called? Conservation Florida. Conservation Florida. I guess they do a little bit better job of keeping people updated. CCA, BTT, I could go on and on and on. I would love to get updates from them, which I'd be more than happy to share with our audience and anybody else that wants to hear this stuff, exactly what's happening out there. Like, the only thing that we really get, and it drives me fucking crazy, is we get to know when their fundraisers are. <laughs> we know when the big banquet's coming up, and we know that they're giving away giving a fancy away a boat. boat. <laughs> All right, so we know that. Thank you for the information. If, there, if that reservoir is being built like the tunnel here in Fort Lauderdale, where it's taking way too long and it's costing way too much, and it's just one big or farm. <laughs> I'd like to know that if that's happening out there with that reservoir. Yeah. If that reservoir is like a fine-tuned machine and is getting built fast and efficiently the way everybody wants it, I'd like to get that information. You know what I mean? And whatever CCA is doing, they're fucking doing a redfish farm or whatever the fuck they're into nowadays. Oyster project. Whatever. At least I'd like to know what they're doing. The only way to find out is like to get on their site and go look at that shit. Which is similar to what the city does. Okay, you want to know about the fecal bacteria levels and where to swim? Sure, before you go to the beach, go to the city website. Wiggle Nobody. in there and figure out what water's try polluted, to and what's not. to it. Right, try to navigate. Because I care about what these foundations are trying to get done or not get done. It's hard for me to follow along. And if it's hard for me to follow along, somebody that's in the whole you know media fucking loop... Can you imagine how hard it is for the guy that's working a nine-to-five like yourself that doesn't have time to go through all the emails and seeing what people are saying on social media and all that? Yeah. And that's, I don't know, I think there's a missing link. I think that's a missing link. Yeah. If these foundations are going to raise all this money and they're going to have these projects, then we need to know what the best and what the worst things are happening about these projects. Yeah. You feeling me?
2: you know another you know something that i love that conservation florida does too is you know one thing i remembered you know early on when we you know back in 2020 when we had to really really start this fight because of that record-breaking sewage leak was um when you had said like you know all these wins you know celebrate even the small ones and um a couple weeks ago who is it um And actually, no, it was a couple months ago. There was a, on Delray Delray Beach, they actually agreed to leave a mile and a half of coastline never to be developed. And they voted on that. And I thought that that was great. But, you know, there were these people that were like, only a mile and a half. That's nothing. Da, da, da. And I actually responded to some of those, to one of the people. And I just said, listen, it may be a small win, but it's still a win. And I love the fact that even though that was a lot of people would look at as a small win, still a win. A mile and a half is still a mile and a half. Any win's a win. Any win is a win. So that's what I'm, I mean. Like, I'm going to ask Adam if he's interested in doing this because I, he's somebody that I, I really think more people need to know what they're doing because I almost feel like they're like Batman working in the shadows doing all this great work. That's kind of going unnoticed because every time that they post stuff, maybe it gets 2,000 likes. And I look at some of this other stuff and it's getting like almost a million likes. So I'd like I'd like to try to help Adam and the team out and try to see if we can't maybe introduce Conservation Florida to some more folks.
1: All right. I, I feel you on, on help these people out. Take it slow. I know. <laughs> no, the reason I say take it slow is because... Um I don't want to get caught in the position or I don't want you to get caught in the position or anybody to get caught in the position where you're believing the hype. For instance the way CCA did the oyster project <laughs> here in Fort Lauderdale. You know what I mean? Like if you didn't know any better and you read that, you would think that that was the, know, the greatest
2: thing since best, sliced bread. Right?
1: The best thing that you know you could ever do for the for the canals here in Fort Lauderdale in the meantime it was a giant waste of time.
2: Go you know, they all died.
1: Well, it was just a waste of time. Everybody yeah. knew that it was going to die.
2: We, I was going to say, because that's the thing. We knew that those oysters were going to die, because right. the water's too polluted.
1: Right. And they knew, we knew, but they did it. And then they did the PR thing. They kind of led people to believe that the, that was like really good stuff, where they should have been super honest. Like, we did this friggin. Oyster project in Fort Lauderdale, it was and a man, bust. did it suck! <laughs> it was and a and it bust. sucked because the, we had no clue that the friggin' fecal bacteria levels were so high that not even oysters could grow. And, and if they would have told the story that way, it would have had just as much impact, yeah. And, and that's what I mean like, a lot of these foundations, although they mean well, know, they mean well, but they got their own agenda. Yeah. And they do shit like that that makes you think, geez, should I have faith in these foundations or not? Yeah. And it's hard because you want to have faith in them. And then they, you find out that they do something like that. And trust me, when I tell you, not many people were on the inside that actually knew that that oyster project was going to be a total bust because people don't have the time, energy, or education to really know right to know that so they take whatever PR thing that CCA comes up with and you want to believe it and you want to think that they're doing a really good job so anyway but
2: it's all kind of smoke and
1: mirrors right so let's just walk slow oh no i agree i with think the florida I, what's it called again conservation florida conservation florida well i think what it's too simple to remember
2: yeah i know right like franklin adams the um <laughs>
1: Has nothing to do with that,
2: but okay. My whole thing is, I'm just—I look for results, and I feel like I'm more conscious of that now. Just because, again, we've got all these organizations, but I feel like we're constantly sitting there going, so "What are you doing? Like, what's what's happening? Like, what's currently happening?"
1: Well, you got the—you well, got all these foundation organizations, and we're constantly losing. And that too—that's the
2: other thing—is it's like we're losing battles. I feel like we are.
1: We you know and I'm t-
2: and I'm tired of losing. <laughs> so any wins I can see. And again that's why that's why I did donate cuz I was like I mean you guys have actually proven that you are getting wins. And I just that's all I'm asking to see. I just want to see some I just once in a while I just want to get a win. That's all I'm asking for.
1: Well, dude you're a win. Okay? You're I'm a, win. a win. Yeah, the world's favorite millennial. Well, you that's make very kind. Happy. I
2: appreciate that. Thank you. Make you. people
1: happy. You actually give a shit about what's going on out there. You try to educate people the best you can. You're not afraid to make a mistake. You know what I mean? I've made plenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the, I mean, that's, that's the thing. You make mistakes, and then you let people realize that, hey, you know, you can learn from Busaka's mistake, just like you can learn from your own. Yep. And that's what I mean. You're a win.
2: Well, I, that's very kind of you And there's
1: say. And there's some younger kids like Zach Routman, and, you know, I, and that's where I see the wins. Do I see the wins in what Conservation Florida is doing or CCA or Captains for Clean Waters? Eh, not as much. When I see guys like you, that's how I call a win. So anyway. Thanks, man. So before we get off into the next episode, the next topic, let's talk about what people were eating. What were the swamp people eating?
2: Oh, they had burgers. They had barbecue. (laughs) I was kind of hoping they were going to have some, uh, some gator tail there.
1: Well, that's what I was thinking. Did they, and I, I mean, didn't see any. There was no swamp food?
2: No, and I, I was a little bit taken aback by that, too. I would have thought for sure there would have been some fried gator some tail. Some of that
1: cabbage they make out of those Swamp palm tre- cabbage. Uh, cabbage they make out of those palm trees uh-huh. out there.
2: Swamp cabbage, yep.
1: Maybe some I python. I see that.
2: Nope, actually, but you know who, who was there? You ever seen that guy that he calls himself the python wild man? He's got that big beard, and he walks around barefoot everywhere he goes. Have you seen him? He's on that show, Battleground Everglades. I have seen him. Dusty. He was there? He was there. I should have gotten a picture with him, too. And he was there barefoot, too.
1: You should have gotten a picture with him.
2: I should have gotten a picture with him, him, but he was there. And he had the big beard? Like, down to his freaking chest. What
1: about the beardos that invaded um, ICAST a few years ago? Were they there? Was like a shit ton of beardos?
2: I saw a couple beardos there. Flat brim hats and everything.
1: Flat brim beardos?
2: Yep. They were, they were there. Dude, you know who was there that I did meet and got a picture with? Who's that? Ron Bergeron. Really? And I got to say, he was a super nice dude, you know, because I wasn't really sure how he would act with me just walking up to him. And he was great.
1: I, yeah. I've never, I've never heard anything about Ron that he's always friendly and cool to be around I didn't really like
2: know that. anything I didn't really know too too much about how he'd be personally but he was great and we talked everglades and you know I told him how my dad and I spent you know all that time up in the northern glades and he was showing me videos because we were talking panthers and I was like yeah you know I'm still trying to still trying to find one and he's like dude let me show you some videos and he's got him freaking up in the tree where he's right below you know bears I mean everything
1: word on the street was um you also met Real Florida Cracker.
2: Josh Greer. I did meet Josh.
1: Nice dude, right?
2: Super nice dude. He was was
1: great to have on the podcast a few years ago.
2: I wasn't sure if it was him or not, but when I got closer, all of a sudden I saw a Captain's for Clean Water hat, and I'm like, that's got to be him.
1: What do you mean you weren't sure? How many other 6'5", 300-pound red bearded bearded dudes were there? A ton?
2: A lot of guys who looked like him were there. So So, Yep. Yeah, when I saw the captain's um, hat, I was like, it's got to be him.
1: Real Florida cracker.
2: Real Florida cracker. <laughs> and I, I went up to him and I said, I said, hey, buddy. I said, is your name Josh by any chance? He goes, yeah. I said, I think you know a buddy of mine. He goes, who? I said, Jeff Maggio. And he starts busting out laughing. Good. He goes, oh, I know Jeff. <laughs> but he was super nice, dude.
1: See, that mission accomplished. If you can make somebody laugh in their lifetime, you've done a good thing for them.
2: I'd like to think so. What does they always say? Laughter is the best medicine. That's right. So I met him. Um, dude, you know who else was there that I, I should have gotten a picture with him, too, was uh, Dave Sheely. You know who he is? No. So remember Skunk Ape?
1: What do you mean? Do I remember Skunk
2: Ape? He's the one that started that whole, with that picture of Skunk Ape in the field, and then they had Skunk Ape headquarters. He's the guy. He took the. He's the guy. The guy
1: he's the skunk ape guy he's
2: the, he is mr skunk ape he was there and uh um, i
1: don't know if you can put this down as name dropping
2: nah well i mean i guess it depends where you are out there in those parts yeah but he was there
1: swamp name dropping
2: swamp name dropping <laughs> or slew name dropping as they sometimes call it but so he was there um i'm trying to think of who else was there they had all the different biologists you know the uh the bear biologist was there they had a booth the panther biologist was there and i did some talking with them too and just kind of asked you know what the populations are looking like and whatnot and
1: what about chicks
2: there was actually some beautiful women there really i was impressed i was like actually not a ton but there were some beautiful women there beautiful swamp women
1: yes sir Take it where you can get it, Busaka.
2: Amen. So, If you
1: ended up with a swamp woman, that wouldn't be like too bad.
2: So did I tell you what Drew wants me to do?
1: <laughs> Chicago Drew?
2: Yeah. Okay. What? He, he wants me to marry a, a, a seminal girl so I can live on the reservation. And he said, and then you can build like a little tower in the backyard so that way you can look for Panther in the backyard.
1: <laughs> That's a good idea. That's genius.
2: <laughs> Dude. But it was, it was a damn good time. You know, there was great energy there. Um, they had a... Um,
1: so you they, think they're going to do this again next year?
2: I hope so. I they used go, to do it every year. I want
1: to go. I want to so hang out with the swamp people. I was
2: in shocked that you said you were like, I would have gone with you. Because I purposely didn't ask you because I thought you wouldn't be into it.
1: Dude, it's a big difference between hanging out with a bunch of swamp people at a festival and walking down a trail in Fakahatchee friggin' when it's 90 Looking degrees for... out.
2: Yeah, I went to Fakahatchee afterward, try to see if I had any luck. Did you see Ron at Fakahatchee? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't see him over there.
1: Ron Hyman's down there doing. He, he went, he Clyde went, Butchers. Yes, I saw that. Real Fakahatchers.
2: No, that was no, that wasn't in Fakahatchee though. I think he did that in. Um, I think he did that in Big Cypress.
1: Yeah, same shit. Kind Fa- of. hatchers. Once they do the Fakahatchee thing, then they go over to Big Cypress and walk around there. Yeah. With their.
2: I'm, I was happy that Ron did that though. I, I, one, was, was something. One thing that somebody told me is they're like at some point you got to get off the trail into the swamp. And the first time I did it, you know, I was a little nervous at first, and then we found the ghost orchid, and then I wanted to keep walking around. I thought it was the coolest damn thing, so I was real happy that Ron did that.
1: You and Ron have leeches and ticks. I hope not. <laughs> Keep getting in that water and trumping around in them swamps and everything, leeches and ticks.
2: Uh, knock on wood. Haven't had the issues so far. So
1: anyway, it was Stephen Busaka in Lunker Dog Studios. Another great episode, all about the swamp people this week.
2: And we did this right after we had lunch, and we weren't too tired.
1: Well, we were all real proud of you. Anyway, thanks for coming in. Great episode. The world's favorite millennial, Stephen Busaka.
2: Thanks for having me, brother. Run that dog.
1: Run that dog.